everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Queen of the Ring with Alex Lajas. And let me just say, in the last 12 hours, nothing could have prepared me for what we're about to dive into. But of course, let me introduce my guest, my first guest, Ella J. She is a content creator extraordinaire, the host of A Wrestling Gal, Women's Wrestling Talk podcast. You may have read her articles on sescoops.com, wrestlezone.com, and wrestlinginc.com. Everyone, welcome to the stage, Ella J. Thank you, Alex. Speaking of that, I was writing a bunch of this news that we're talking about last night as it broke, and when I tell you, I've never <laughs> typed articles that fast in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you were one of the accounts that I was like scrolling, okay, okay, she's she's a reliable source. What is Ella J? No, to me, you are. Listen, I, I don't have any I don't have any inside sources. I just take what I'm assigned and then put it together in an article form. So but it keeps me informed at least, right? <laughs> Listen, I don't have any inside scoops either. I just follow along with whatever you guys exactly. are really saying <laughs> online. But oh boy, let's get to it. Saudi buys WWE. No, they didn't. It's not true. Uh, but we all lost our fucking minds on wrestling Twitter we when this did. all broke out. Uh, Ella, what did you think when you saw this, when you read about it? So I found out five minutes before it was public by one of the people that I, you know, we're all friends in wrestling media. Yeah. So I was like, hey, <laughs> is this what I think it is? They're basically like yeah and then then five minutes later it gets shot out it got leaked via reddit first by oh wwe is bought out you know and then like a minute later it's like by saudi arabia and i was like you know you it said like people i mean people said it was confirmed other people said it wasn't but basically regardless if it was true or not you know confirmed or not the the fear was still there for a lot of the you know the talent especially obviously like a Sami Zayn who is Syrian and who has had to stay home while they're in the crown jewel stuff you know the LGBTQ and the women community for the talent so I was fearful for the roster and like all of that was just after all already a culmination of Stephanie McMahon stepping down Vince McMahon stepping back up like all the shakeups so that was just another added layer on top of an already tumultuous news worthy night last night everything was snowballing last night and especially a few days ago wwe sided with jp morgan to finalize the deals that they were doing vince mcmahon came back uh and yes like you said stephanie mcmahon uh stepped down as co-ceo and i think that's where a lot of people went to because she is one of the women that is the top execs yeah she stepped down as chairwoman too so she took down yeah. both of her roles now nick khan is the sole ceo and Vince mcmahon by a unanimous election from the board is now the executive uh vice president of the board i believe so it's 
it's a big shakeup. They said that Triple H is going to remain the chief content officer, but mm-hmm. we've already seen major shakeups happen. So who's to say that, you know, at that talent meeting that they had on, on Friday alone, on Friday, yeah. they said that, you know, the people in their positions were going to remain in their positions. And obviously, less four days later, obviously, that kind of already changed for a few people. Yeah, I don't like at that point, I don't know what to believe, you know, and I think that's a lot of us because this came out with Saudi buying and it turned out that it wasn't true. And then Stephanie stepping down and like you said, the meeting that they've had uh, and then back when the allegations happened last year, it was unanimous that nobody on the board wanted him a part of it. But some of the people on the board was Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan and Triple H, uh, Paul Levesque. So, like, at this point, I don't know what to believe because I'm not saying that they're liars, but they're definitely not truthers (laughs) in the same (laughs) breath. (laughs) Yeah, or, you know, things have happened so quickly, too. Vince literally just announced, you know, his plan to pursue, like, literally a week ago, right? Like, maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't remember if it was last Thursday or last Wednesday. So, literally, everything has just escalated within the matter of a week to where, you know, three members got taken off the board of directors, and then three were named, Vince included, and two that he had worked closely with prior to in their place. You know, Mm -hmm. Vince already had the the majority uh, shareholder position still there, so that kind of gave him leverage to have an in still getting back into WWE and obviously things have escalated so quickly that it's even hard to keep up and keep stories straight and now Vince is being countersued by one of the shareholders shareholders, it's 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 all just snowballing and it's you know we're only at this time of recording 11 days into the month of January you know (laughs) It, it everything just keeps happening so fast and we're not even at the pinnacle of it i feel yeah we've only we're only 11 days into the new year and even last year when everything happened with the allegations everything was happening really fast yeah it was all happening so fast and uh this man has absolutely no decorum vince mcmahon he came out while he had allegations he appeared on wwe tv and I am predicting that he's going to do the same thing. Today, as of right now, we are recording this on Wednesday. This will release on Friday. So tonight will be SmackDown. I would not be surprised if he show he makes an appearance on SmackDown. I would not be surprised if he opens up Monday Night Raw. I would not even be surprised if he makes an appearance on the Royal Rumble. Because this man loves the gloat. And this man has been rooted in his ego and his power. And he's very, very petty. So let's not, you know, that would probably happen. Yeah, I I was covering an interview, uh, actually Ric Flair's podcast, and he was talking about, too, he envisions kind of the same thing. Vince just strutting down to the ring and exclaiming, I'm back. Well, that'll certainly get a rating. We remember, you know, when the allegations with Vince came out and then it was announced, oh, he's appearing on Friday Night Smackdown, I believe it was. That Mm -hmm. definitely sure drew the rating. And then, you know, they capitalized on that buzz but didn't deliver on it. They, they, you know, they, what's it called? They fooled us all. They, they drew us in <laughs> and we were expecting one thing and it literally was just then now forever together. Goodbye. And then that's it. So it could be another, just one of those I'm back. And then that's it. Nothing else. So we'll see if the pattern continues. Yeah. I don't think he's going to have a full blown 
segment on like here's what happened you know but he'll definitely make an appearance wave his hands and you know whoever's at that show the wwe universe wherever they are they're gonna chant for him they're gonna say like you know welcome back i think they're in cincinnati this friday so because i was looking it up so i mean we'll see what happens but definitely i could see them well anyways vince has majority power they can't really do anything without his i don't actually don't exactly know how it works i know with certain things he can approve that i know he can approve media deals and then board decisions he has that kind of sole power i don't know how much nick khan's power i don't know what nick khan can do to maybe veto something in that regard if something were with that i don't know the specifics on it but from what i understand vince has a lot of the majority power and a lot of the departments now in wwe yeah. And I think it's safe to say that D- Disney is not buying them after all of this that's happening. <laughs> no, there was a whole list of media companies. I think somebody said like Netflix too or something like that or like Warner Bros. There was like D- Discovery. Like there was a bunch of sites or a bunch of platforms listed on there. Yeah, I doubt that you know they still obviously have this relationship right now at least with nbc and fox obviously but i mean we'll see what happens now with this massive shakeup. and people are people are saying that the whole saudi thing what did they say like a trial trial something that based by combat no so there was it was some tactic as to why wwe could have no it's just a theory that wwe could have done this intentionally to see somebody was going down no it's called the 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 (laughs) strategy is called trial something i saw Uh it on twitter today and it seems like a plausible strategy to where wwe would throw you know shit at the wall and just to see what people's reactions to be would be if they were to potentially do that and us believing that they actually were and obviously with the massive you know negative reaction and uproar maybe they were like oh actually you know maybe we won't do that yeah the only companies that i heard that are in line and that are interested in buying wwe is comcast and amazon and that's from what i heard yeah i don't know if that's true uh after the last 12 hours i don't know what to believe from some people that are tweeting that out uh but Who's to say, you know, they're, they've been in talks of selling WWE for like a year now. I don't know. Again, I'm not, I've never bought a company before. I'm not a millionaire and I'm not a shareholder and I don't know anything about stocks. Yeah. But I do know that some of their stocks went down because the numbers were red. I don't know. I'm not a finance bro. I just know that the numbers were red and that doesn't look too From good. what I saw, <laughs> they went up and then after like the Stephanie announcement, and then I think that they went down after the Saudi, at least yeah. in the last 12 hours after the Saudi announcement, it looked like they went down from what I, from what I saw. So it kind of, you know, at, you know, rightfully so because, oh my gosh, you know, I just still, I can't even fathom if that were even possibly true. You know how scary that would be? You like, for so many of the talent and people were talking about the implications of Vince, then what happens then? Does he also another worry was him taking back control of the creative department, which triple H as of right now is still in charge of, but I know fightful too was reporting that there was internal fear that there was going to be a public uproar. If he got control of the creative department again, again, too, you know, he's in charge of the board right now, which is like, um, which shares and, you know, media deals and stuff like that. But as of right now, he doesn't have control of the creative team yet. So 
I know that's something that we're still holding our breath for and hoping that a lot of us hope Triple H maintains control of that because if not, like it seems like there's going to be even more of a public uproar within the talent themselves too. There already has been a countersuit against him for, you know, the, the stockholder stuff and his abuse of power there. But there's still many departments that he does not have control of that we're still kind of waiting to see what happens. Is he going to regain power in those vicinities too? Yeah, it's... I think it's the toughest time for talent, not just talent, but writers and roadies as well. Like we not all know that there is not, there's so much that goes into the production of WWE. It is so large. And throughout the years, we've seen how, you know, they're just flicking talent like left and right out yeah. of that company. And I did re read that report that Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out where, it wouldn't be a surprise if talent walked out. I think it's, you know, it's messed up because you're messing with a lot of people's dreams. And of course we, as fans, uh, we want to support our favorite wrestlers that we see, right? Because there's no other way that we really can support yeah. them outside of this company. So I understand that, you know, whatever happens with WWE, people are still going to watch if they want to support someone like Roman Reigns, for instance, you know, because he's not dealing with a Twitch channel. He's not dealing with Cameo or anything, um, which is fair. But that was the number one thing that I went to when I heard about the potential, what, what was fake, Saudi buying WWE. Like you said in the beginning, like the women all across the board, not only with talent, but in every single department, Sammy and just so many people that are already against that deal that they already that WWE already has with Saudi. It, it's like basic. It's basically just a human rights morality. Like yeah, the mean, country really is. is notoriously <laughs> against. You know they have their not domestic but global conflicts with places mm -hmm. like Syria where you know Sammy is Syrian obviously they've had gosh a terrible history against women and the LGBTQ community so there's multiple people who s fall under multiple of those categories mm -hmm. that would be implicated in that you know they already have been put off or kind of reduced to the the Saudi shows, they've kind of reduced them or implicated them in the Saudi Arabia shows, Crown Jewel in the past. There's certain people that couldn't come over, you know, obviously like a Sami Zayn. And it's just, I can't even imagine, like that would implicate so many people, like the whole women's, you know, they've made some strides in the past, but still that's kind of, they've just been slowly letting them not off of the leash kind of loosening the leash on them i can't imagine though if the if that's just for like one or two shows a year i can't even imagine if they had like full control of the company or i don't exactly know how that works if a company buys out another and like the balance of power and all of that but i can pretty much guarantee that it wouldn't be good for a, a good chunk of the talent yeah and i don't know how buying a company internationally how that works and like you said like Saudi is notorious for just being yikes a Rooney is how I like to describe it really like there's just I think it's a huge sigh of relief that we all had when we discovered that it was not true however Stephanie McMahon did leave she resigned so what do you think that means for her role, her former role of what she had and what she was doing before she came back to be interim CEO. 
yeah, there's still, you know, last year she took that leave of absence to, I, I don't remember exactly why was it to focus like on her kids. I don't ever think that there was ever really a reason speculated or given why she was giving that leave of absence. And if there was, I don't remember, to be honest with you, but obviously she kind of was forced in a position to step up, you know, a miss Vince, you know, Shane was already out of the picture after right after the rumble. So she was really the, and triple H was still dealing with his, the back end of his health stuff so you know stephanie kind of was forced to step up and then be interim c chairwoman and then interim ceo you know upon vince's actual retirement i'm glad that she stepped up stepped up you know she was kind of left to no other option i feel like triple h you know like i said was still on the back end of his recovering from his stroke you know nick khan was president he could have but stephanie obviously had the further and more lengthy experience in WWE. So it seemed fitting that she stepped into that role as co-CEO and she was already interim chairwoman, you know? So she kind of rightfully slipped into the permanent chairwoman upon Vince's retirement. But you got to remember too, during that time, Vince kind of just stepped back from the public eye. He was still the majority shareholder for WWE where he's still, I think he holds 80 or 81% of that power right now. So even though he was out of public eye, you know, he was still, still had some big stake in the company as we've seen him now take advantage of that and get himself back into the door and has already escalated his trajectory into the WWE corporate level, which now he's being countersued for, but you know, it's still shocking because like we mentioned, that talent meeting they just had on literally four days earlier. Granted, they said that they would remain in the roles at that time. Mm -hmm. So things obviously changed between Friday and Tuesday. And some people were speculating their own reasons as to why Stephanie, you know, stepped down. Maybe she, did, she didn't want to deal with her dad. Or people saw that Saudi Arabia was incoming, which is notoriously against women. And so yeah. that was another plausible possibility as to why she stepped down but we don't we don't really know everything that goes on you know stephanie also has a family to tend to and triple h is already there now as the chief content officer so maybe you know maybe she wanted to bow out not deal with her dad maybe part of it she wanted to be with her family again we don't really know but it's still shocking and it's definitely going to feel a void a big void big gap to fill nonetheless oh yeah because she's so beloved throughout that entire company and not just with talent either and there are so many people that were very like behind the scenes vocal about how they just did not want vince to come back from like top stars to like everyone across the board in every single department in that company so it's you know it's only been what 24 hours since yeah. everything has gone down um when this episode does release it's going to be friday so there might be even more things that are going to come out of light there's new um, news every single day this past week every day. ever since vince announced his intent to return to wwe and pursue a sale every single day there's been something new yeah which um what an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Lil definitely so, keeps you on your toes, I guess. Yeah, it definitely will. But speaking of uh, being a fan and exciting times, Mercedes Monet came out. New Japan during Wrestle Kingdom 17. She made her debut in the Tokyo Dome. 
And there were some people that weren't very happy that the women's match, which was Kyrie versus Tom Nakano for the IWGP championship. A lot of people weren't very happy about the five minute match. What were your thoughts on it? So to be honest, I was asleep during that because I had just worked a double writing <laughs> shift and then had to be up early for another one. So, you know, fair, I, fair. I, to be fair, I didn't really fall asleep <laughs> until two o'clock. And then I woke up in the middle of the night and saw Mercedes. I saw the five minute clip and uh-huh. then went back to sleep, to be honest with you. But however, for that being the first defense of the IWGP Women's Championship to only be five minutes and for it to be on Wrestle Kingdom, which was huge, you know, it's the first title defense for that after Kyrie won it back in November. You know, Tom Nakano, you know, man, that there was so much leading <laughs> into that, that there was so much excitement for it, you know. Oh, I was there so. Was- yeah, I, like I was going to say, there was so much leading into it because yeah. during that crossover uh, pay-per-view that New Japan had with Stardom. Yeah, historic X-over. Yeah, Mayu yeah, Watani versus Kairi was the main event. Yeah. There is a long <clears throat> history between Mayu and Kairi. Mayu is the ace of Stardom, so everyone was predicting that she was going to win it. And that was not she gave up her her SWA championship too Just, for that yeah. title shot, right? Yep, she did. She did, and which is which is funny because she had just defended, or at least from my eyes, I just saw her defend it at Rumble on Forty Fourth against Kylie King. Yeah, exactly. So I was surprised that she was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna relinquish this because I'm solely focused on yeah. the IWGP." And it would have been a great move to have Mayu win it, but I also understand that. They wanted more Western exposure to this title and possibly they've already tied the ends with the deal with Mercedes. So it does make sense in a Western standpoint, in a Western business move. Although if you followed stardom or even if you've wanted to always wanted to follow stardom and this, you thought that this was going to be a good match to start, especially if you're not familiar with Tom Nakano, it should have been. And they did do an amazing job with the five minutes that they were were given. And from what I've read, don't quote me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time since the big egg event back in the AJW nineties days where a women's title was defended in the Tokyo dome. I think somebody said 30 something years. Yeah. I saw that too. Exactly. So this is a huge moment for stardom fans, for the stardom company, for the talent, for women's wrestling all across the board. And it, it should have been like at least eight minutes, nine minutes. This is the fourth year that they have included stardom talent in their Wrestle Kingdom shows. And this is only the second year that this wasn't this women's match wasn't shoved into a pre-show. So they should have gotten at least 10 minutes, but they're the perfectly case. capable of it too, which yeah. is, you know, they're trying to obviously Mercedes is coming into, you know, uplift this new kind of new japan women's division but also like you have your champion there and you have a challenger there who are perfectly capable of performing this you know and letting mercedes you know aid in that performance too they they can all work together to aid that it you know it it was it was just a little disappointing to hear that it was only five minutes especially if you're bringing somebody in like mercedes to kind of not be just you know the blueprints but be a big addition to it you already have Mm -hmm. a like you kind of said a westernized champion who can 
who already brings it a name herself. So it was a little disappointing in that regard, but hopefully now moving forward with Mercedes's, you know, implementation into new Japan and stardom and who else knows where, you know, that this new Japan women's division is given proper time, you know? So it was a, you know, we had a good beginning with the inaugural title, a little, you know, hiccup, with that first defense, but now going into the second one, you know, I saw that, you know, the, the hours before Mercedes uh, debuted that event next month, there was still a bunch of floor seats available. Hours later, it was almost sold out. Sold out. Proved that she was a huge draw. Sold out. Like, not only is this the first uh, event that she's wrestled in almost a year, this is the first event that is not WWE. And it makes sense that the San Jose Battle in the Valley pay-per-view sold out real quick yeah. as soon as she came out. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like there's so many different opportunities for her to be a part of stardom. And um, my, my only thing is I'm a little, and again, as a stardom fan, as someone, you know, my other show, Church of Joshi, I've been following stardom for three years now at this point. I'm a little sad that we're not going to get her first official match um, in Japan. I'm, I'm a little sad that it is going to be in the States and not officially in Japan. However, that is this is probably not going to be the only time that she does wrestle for New Japan or makes a stardom appearance. Like, there's so many different events uh, that happen in stardom. Like, for instance, the Five Star Grand Prix, which is a tournament in stardom that is somewhat the equivalent of G1, if not too many from people are familiar with stardom, but are familiar with the G1 and New Japan. It's pretty much that. It's two brackets, two blocks, and um, with every win, you get a few points. So she could participate in that. You know, she could participate in so many other angles. There's so many other pay-per-views <clears throat> and storylines that she could be a part of. There's so many other championships in stardom that she can go after. I know that she said that she was she had her eyes on the high speed championship with Azumi. So that could probably happen. She is um confirmed it hasn't like been public yet, but part of her deal with New Japan was at least one appearance with Stardom, which just so happens to be at Stardom's biggest event, the All-Star Grand Queen the All-Star Grand Queendom, which is set for I believe April 23rd. Uh -huh. So that at least is gonna be at least she's gonna have at least one guaranteed appearance in Stardom, according to her deal that we know of. But again, that's still like three months down the road so there's still a lot of time in between her potentially winning the iwgp GP women's championship and then appearing in stardom or anywhere else Th those are really the only dates that we know of right now is february 18th and april 23rd and we don't know how many dates are on this agreement with new japan it could be like only five for all we know i would think it'd be at least 10 though to be honest with you yeah. Um, so she is planning on this world domination tour, but obviously that first stop was in Japan. Then it's San Jose. I feel like there's got to be something in between San Jose and Japan again, though. So, I mean, there's a lot of still up in the air, but we do know she will be competing in San Jose on February 18th against Kyrie. So that'll be a good one. I am excited to hear that first interview that Mercedes gives, whether it is Renee or whomever, Maybe it'll be fightful. Um, it's got to be Renee, right? It, it's got to be. It's got to be Renee. Renee's the best. I love her podcast. And she always has the best conversations. Yeah. So it's got to be Mercedes. Because I feel, you know, 
they know each other too they were working together for the longest time so they have that history too exactly exactly so uh yeah i think i think that'll be the move to have mercedes on renee's podcast and she feels comfortable to say everything of what the deals were how she was exactly feeling when she walked out with naomi uh and so and maybe an update on naomi too you know there's been rumors that she'd be returning at the royal rumble there's we obviously have answer uh, more answers there's there's still a lot of uncertainty with um mercedes but we know she is officially gone from wwe she was moved over to the alumni page i believe within hours of her appearance at wrestle kingdom actually and so she's obviously officially done right now. However, Naomi is still listed on the website and there's no indication as of right now that her contract is done. There's been basically no news. Well, we found out so much about Mercedes is the worst kept secret ever, but <laughs> Naomi, Naomi's has been pretty much under wraps. We don't know what's going on with her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I want to see Naomi um, be happy. Yeah. Obviously, if she does come to back to WWE, like that's no problem. You know, Charlotte's back. I feel like she has unbusiness, unfinished business with mm-hmm. Charlotte, uh, especially her being champion. I would love to see her win the Royal Rumble, come back and dominate it. So, yeah, there's definitely um, a little bit of Naomi erasure when it comes to talking about what is the next step with Mercedes? And if she was going to come back to the women's tag division with Naomi and what was Naomi going to do? And she was by her side during wrestle kingdom mm-hmm. along yeah. with Bailey. So, you know, high hopes for Naomi and I want to see her somewhere. I want to see her come back to WWE. Why not come back? Be a, be a good solo run. You know, she hasn't fully ha- had a great solo run um, she's won the title two times, the SmackDown Women's title, but I would love to see her versus Charlotte at WrestleMania this year. They, those two are two of the most athletic. I mean, even just, wasn't it last February? Yeah, like last February, last January, whenever they faced off on SmackDown, that was like one of the highest watched matches like of the entire year. That bout was really good. And that was just on SmackDown. Imagine what they could do on pay-per-view, dude. Yeah, for real. So... Oh, well, who knows? But it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, and it is the season, you know, because now <laughs> we're in the road of WrestleMania yeah. and we're in the road of wrestling news shenanigans. So, you know, but maybe we need a little palate cleanser. So why don't we move on mm-hmm. to the segment, Shoot or Boot? Of course, if any of our audio listeners would like the full visual effect for shoot or boot head on over to youtube.com slash queen of the ring wrestling and your eyeballs will be satisfied now ella there's no one i could have done this first episode <laughs> i know with. <laughs> shoot and boot uh we are gonna shoot and boot sean michaels gear and as someone who held me in their arms as i was sobbing <laughs> After meeting, we were Shawn both Michaels. sobbing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we were. Um, we were hot. I was <laughs> literally crying. Shout out to Brittany Sacco who had to just sit there and watch his ball her eyes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, like <laughs> I felt like everyone was looking at us. I was like, "Are you guys okay? No, no, we're not. No. Far from it. Far from it. So there couldn't have been 
nobody, nobody better than you to shoot and boot Shawn Michaels gear. So this is how it's mm. going to go down. If you like the gear, if you like the memory that you associate the gear with, you shoot it. If you completely hate it, if you have no care for it in the world, you boot it. Okay. Sounds simple, right? Yes. Okay. So let's let's get started. All right. Okay. So the first gear that we have is the classic red gear, the zebra print, uh, 90s era edition, Shawn Michaels. Give me your thoughts, Ella. Fucking shoot, dude. I feel like, <laughs> you know, it's combining to when I think of like Shawn Michaels, obviously you think of the broken heart, but I also think of zebra print, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's combining those two elements to where, in at least in my mind, you know, he's kind of most uh, symbolized with. It's putting those together. You know, he was always never one to shy away from being bold and colorful. Sometimes his choices were questionable. This, however, was not one of those cases. This was a classic Shawn Michaels for a reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this was like on this was every single action figure that yeah, they released. Exactly. Like video games. <laughs> like this is the Shawn Michaels gear that you think of when you think of Shawn Michaels. Yes. Whether you're a new fan, old fan, like it doesn't matter. This is the quintessential Shawn Michaels gear. So, yeah, this is a shoot shoot all across the board it's iconic to be honest yeah, like i said exactly. it's the kind of combining the two things that i think of when i think of him at least like image wise okay so moving on we have number two wrestlemania 25 ella okay so I, this, this is, is this is where i think we might no but heads a little bit really so for thoughts. me, this is more like the nostalgia period for me because I didn't I didn't start watching wrestling until 2009. So mm -hmm. this was right before I started watching, and then I started. Then I unfortunately didn't get to discover Sean until literally his last like six months in the company, you know. But obviously, uh -huh. I went back because you know WrestleMania 26. They were like, you know, it's the second go around with the Undertaker, so I had to go back and watch the first one. So for me, like. This one's a, a shoot because it's like nostalgic for me. You know, that was one of the first like WrestleMania matches that I had gone back to watch, you know? So for me, I mean, I like it. I feel like, I mean, he, he was kind of taunting the undertaker. Like he's not uh, he the, was, he's not the dead yeah. man, but he's like, what's the opposite of the dead man? Like Jesus, uh, I guess like rising I'm, or something. I'm the Messiah kind guess. of. I'm the breathing man, I guess. Yeah. So for me, like it's, it's a shoot because it's like a nostalgic for me personally. I feel like. Okay. This match. Amazing. Yeah. Right? Like this is hands down the WrestleMania match between the undertaker, Shawn Michaels, uh, it was a great story that they told. <sighs> but here's the thing. Yeah. The entrance look. I'm going to start with the entrance look. With the white, like, the play on uh, the Undertaker gear with the white hat, the white mm -hmm. jacket, that platform that he was on with all of that fog machine mm -hmm. happening. That, personally, is a shoot. I love when wrestlers play into other people's gimmicks especially like their opponents like gimmicks like what we saw uh last year with seth rollins at the royal rumble you know and like what we've consistently seen with seth rollins when he faced cody in that hell in a cell match and having the dusty polka dots mm -hmm. you know so i do love that 
She doesn't. However. Yeah, the copper. I mean, I can see that. <clears throat> no, it's not oh. the copper. I like the copper. It's okay. It's the white in the middle because it looks like he's wearing <laughs> diapers. It looks like he's wearing diapers. I didn't even notice that till you said that. <laughs> and the there. brown, like the copper brown would be cool if like the diapers and the brown didn't already remind but it, me of But it's Skid still marks. like symbolizing the assless chaps still, like cut out of those. Oh, it is. Don't get me wrong. But every time I see him wrestle, like every time I watch this match, I just think that he's wearing oh, diapers. fair. <laughs> You know, that's fair. <laughs> so without the white jacket and the white hat, I'm going to give this a boot. <laughs> How could you, Alex? I know. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, now that you say that, I can't stop staring at it. You're welcome. And you're welcome to everyone who's watching this. I hope. I mean, we all need we, five, you think of diapers. We all need adult diapers at some point in our life, right? Sean was just he was just early to the game. You know, he was a smart man, Alex. You're, he yes. was wrestling the Undertaker. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. How could you not shit your own pants when you're <laughs> wrestling the Undertaker? That's how I feel about it. This is our okay. first fight, but it's okay, Ella. No, I see your point now because now I can't <laughs> stop staring at it. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, moving on. We have the tables, ladders, and chairs, 2009. The gear that he wore, it's these camo chaps that he wore when he was with DX. He won the tag championships that night. Ella, your <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> you know, the, again, this was part of the era that I saw. <laughs> but, God, these pants are just god-awful to me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, sir... I mean, I get it. I love the assless chaps. Maybe it's just like the brown seems to be clashing with me for the camel. You know, DX camel, you know, they had the tank at the one point. It's DX yeah. army. I totally get that. The black is fine, too. But for me, I think it's really like this reddish brown that's going on there that it's like really throwing me off. And now that you say that, to be fair, that like every cutout he has, though, this time it's just black instead of white. It's going to look like something going on there with the cut of whatever he's wearing, Alex. True, but this is all right compared to the white. That's a <clears> whole I guess. choice. But... For me, I think I would put it as a boot. Like, you know, I think if it was a different, if it was just black instead of where the reddish brown is, I think it maybe could have mm -hmm. looked a little better to me. But the brown is just throwing everything off for me. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to give this a boot, even though I think this is where they won the um, Unified Tag Team Championships. Yeah, um, I think it is. Yeah, it just I just doesn't go with it to me. I don't think this man has any luck when it comes to the color of brown. Like this brown, this brown is just not his color. Like, no, I think if this gear had like another shade of green, maybe even yeah. matching the neon green that they were using for DX. Mm -hmm maybe it would have looked a little bit better because I do like the idea of camo. and I, I mean, like DX that... Army, yeah, they, yeah, they had the, the camo DX... going on for a while, yeah. Mm -hmm, exactly. The DX Army and even in this in the later years uh, during this era, he always kept the heart on his hip and yeah. he still has the broken heart. So the crack within the heart is that green that you see in the camo. But it's just the brown is throwing yeah. it off. 
So yeah, this is a boot. Yeah. This is a boot. Sorry, this Sean. Is so- sorry, Sean. We love you. So next, number four, we have the iconic WrestleMania 12 gear. This is the gear of all gears when it comes to big championship matches main eventing wrestlemania ella oh this is a fucking shoot dude (laughs) yeah (laughs) this one like it's clean you know the white the white looks good with the gold hearts in there it's i would Mm -hmm. say at least pants wise from what it looks like one of i is it weird to say simplest at least yeah. pants wise, one of his more toned down gears, you know, neutral gears. So for me, I feel like obviously it goes very well with the championship too as well. Like it just lays so beautifully, like the tones in there. And obviously yeah. his jacket goes with it really well. So for me, this is a shoot, dude. Yeah. And you can't, that that entrance, zip yeah. lining down. So how you felt about WrestleMania 20, 25, 26 technically yeah yeah 26 but within that era like this was my wrestlemania this was my first wrestlemania this was my first wrestling event i say it in Mm -hmm. every interview that i'm a part of but this always ties in with the entrance that he made which was at that point in my eyes was one of the beginnings of big WrestleMania entrances. Mm-hmm. He didn't come out with his hat. So, you know, he meant business <laughs> when he didn't wear a hat and this vest, like the chain, the mirrors, the, like this vest, the bedazzles in this vest is so elegant. And this is why I always say that wrestling or WWE should have their own museum somewhere like, um, I don't know, in Connecticut or something to have some of this gear in display. Cause I really would love to see like the little details that go into these jackets, like access, for example, they had, Charlotte Oh my God. Flair's, yeah. 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 They had Charlotte Flair's robe. And like, it's really cool to see like the details up in, up in person, like up close in person. So I wish I could see the details in this jacket, although I still love it. And like you said, like the gold around his waist, it sits so beautiful with the gear, the the gold and the silver, sometimes, you know, it may not match together. It does. It works together. And this is maybe is it he's he has set the trend with this, uh, with every wrestler like wearing right white, especially going into big championship matches. Like we've seen it with Bailey going into takeover against Sasha Banks in Brooklyn. So I love it. It's a shoot across the board for me. Would this have been 96 or 97? I think this was this was 96. Okay. I, I wasn't born yet either 96, way. I wasn't born yet. You know, what's torture is that my first WrestleMania I saw was Shawn Michaels' last. What? Oh, 26. Yeah. Yeah. Woke up to 18 and woe for HBK was the headline (laughs) on WWE.com the next morning. I'll never forget that. (laughs) But this, but that's what started it all. And then you went back to the backlogs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you remember the first like older match that you watched of his in the nineties? Oh, honestly, I think the first things I watched back because 
DX is my favorite tag team. I watched a lot of the old DX stuff, like the the um strip poker tournament. So honestly, the first yeah. I I okay, and a lot of the like okay, to be honest, a lot of it was the 2006 like DX stuff. Like I don't have I think I only have three wrestling DVDs and one of them is simply dedicated to the 2006 era of DX. So I went back and watched a lot of that stuff and then the 97 98 DX too. So and you were exposed to China. So yeah, yes, yes, I was. <laughs> Moving on to number five, we have SummerSlam 1995. This was the ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship against Razor Ramon. This is my favorite Shawn Michaels gear of all time, simply because for some reason, this was the match that I always downloaded on LimeWire. And mm -hmm. I just love how different this look is compared to his other ones. Cause this is like maybe the first time that he's like, sh like stepped away from the red and the black and the white hues. And this is such a unique teal color. I love the vest. I love the hat, the dangly matching earrings. And this is a mega shoot for me. <laughs> <laughs> do you I, disagree <laughs> i do for me it's a mega boot i okay. knew we were gonna fight listen, on this listen we can have we can have different opinions but okay. as long as we're very respectful yes yes fine you know how we were so saying why the hell do you hate this <laughs> you know why you know we were saying brown wasn't his color blue is not really his color either okay. to me to be honest with you i mean yeah <laughs> i think it's it's good you know thinking outside the box mr michaels you know you want to switch it up every once in a while keep the people on their toes you're clearly a very experimental person <laughs> nothing wrong with that it's just uh, certain colors you know you can explore certain colors that don't work for certain people and i got a question did you like see him wear blue kind of ever again after this he wore blue i want to say he wore blue a little after this because okay. he had tights where it wasn't it was just black and the hearts were this blue okay yeah. maybe it's just this blue I like he... I, I feel like a like like a lighter blue would maybe look better in my opinion it's just like maybe it's just this shade of blue that i like for me, it's a mecha boot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, you know, certain, I know certain colors don't work for me. You know, you can experiment. No, for yeah, me personally, you... I would have strayed away from this color blue ever again <laughs> for him. Yeah. Sorry, Sean. I mean, sorry, I Alex. Think, see, I would have, I don't think I would have liked it if it was a lighter blue, but mm. I do get what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you experiment and sometimes yeah. it doesn't work out, you know? Like, maybe, maybe also because I'm just so used to him being like red or right, white yeah. or, or yeah. green, you know, or black to where yeah. anything out of that is just weird seeing him in. It's like rare form, it's like I foreign. Yeah, it's very foreign concept for Sean to wear this kind of hue of blue. But the one, the other time that he wore it, I believe it was in your house pay-per-view. And that was, like I was saying, it was just the black and the blue hearts. Yeah. Maybe that would work since mm -hmm. there's more black and a little touch yeah. of blue. But, you know. 
yeah i just and also like the i mean i get it the top and the hat looked more like metally leathery but the yeah. colors don't even match to me like his hat and and um jacket with his pants like they're different and i get part of it is the sheen of like the sparkle yeah. but for me they don't the colors don't exactly match the top looks more blue green and the bottom just looks like a cobalt kind of i don't know how to explain it no i get what you mean maybe it's also the picture maybe i still don't think maybe, i'd be a fan know. of this gear regardless to be honest i'm sorry <gasps> sean fine. if it was in a different color then yeah <laughs> but i mean you you try something some people like it some and people don't yeah. yeah exactly that's fine <sighs> i just fine. broke alex's heart i'm she's just, never inviting me back guys just a little bit just oh god don't oh god this you know this one was coming this is the survivor <laughs> series 2002 elimination chamber you know the infamous brown pants if you say shoot i am leaving this show this is no because we were just saying this is also mixing the two colors where i said we're not his colors okay yeah so, yeah yeah because yeah. he's got the brown, little teal in the like yeah, the crotch area yeah and there's silver and the rest of it i will say like i like the it's a different kind of design for his crotch you know than just like the, the temper <laughs> thing <laughs> So, it's a different kind of design for his crotch so i mean i do yeah. like if it was in a different color then i think i would like the the crotch design there but this brown like sir like uh, I, I, I don't it's a boot i don't know what else to say that it's it, it's a boot it's a boot. yeah it's a boot the moment <laughs> I will say the moment of him holding holding up that heavyweight championship belt and it's the first elimination chamber yeah. that moment his first her, his first year back in the ring in 4 years year, yeah. yeah 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 because he just returned like 4 months later uh, yeah. 4 months earlier so I will say for the sake of that moment it is a shoot however I just I can't cuz like so from what I've read Oh, and I read this in his biography, yeah. uh, in his book, what is it, Heartbreak and Triumph? Mm -hmm. I read that so much. So in that book, his gear wasn't ready. Like, that's okay. pretty much what See, it was. See, that makes his, sense. Yeah, his I'm not going to lie ready. with... <sighs> I... I, if the gear was it, ready, I'm it, curious it, how it would look. It looks a bit pilgrimy to me. Like... <laughs> <laughs> don't know how else to better explain it like with the jacket too maybe just like the lighting the jacket's far away <laughs> but like i don't know and it was around survivor series is around thanksgiving so it's for me it's just giving off that vibe like i don't yeah yeah it is giving off that vibe and like I the like also the chaps and the vest look brown. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't understand where he was heading with What was the original plan? The I want to know. Exactly. Yeah, I want to see the original sketch of mm -hmm. what this gear was. Yeah. Cuz like it happens, you know, gear gets lost in traveling, gear sometimes doesn't 
make it to the final result. Like it. You happens, know, that's a question probably- for us to tweet him, or if either one of us ever interview him, that's a question. What happened to your Survivor Series 2002 original gear? What did that look like, sir? Exactly. What was it supposed to be? And also, like, whatever's going on in the crotch looks like he was trying to incorporate some brand new, like, Yo, Jesus I, I thought it was a tribute to Macho Man, to be honest. <laughs> or was it? No, not Macho Man. Ultimate Warrior. Sorry. Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, Ultimate yeah, yeah. Warrior. It kind of looks like a tribute to Ultimate Warrior to me. That's what I thought of. It looks like the silver on top is a tribute to Ultimate Warrior, yeah. and then the blue looks like the Undertaker's old oh like, yeah of Darkness yeah logo yeah. I'm not, I I like I like the design on the crotch. That's about it. I don't know what it is. I it's something. It was something new for him. That's pretty much the only thing I like about it, to be honest. I mean, I think that blue tied in with the brown. Yeah, well, not everything t- together. I'm, I really want to know if anyone is watching this and mm-hmm. you can get your hands on an interview with Shawn Michaels and you can ask him what the hell that original design was supposed to be. Please tweet at us because <laughs> we need to. Yeah, I, I need it's answers. A, it's a it's a boot. Yeah, it's a boot. Like, <laughs> can I just say, can we just stop the slander to Shawn Michaels fans? People are always bringing up this like gear and they're like, yeah, well, he's he sucks because he wore brown pants. Like it's one time out of the illustrious career that he's had with gear, like one or two, <laughs> six thousand times, maybe. But still, yeah, I just. I don't like when people keep bringing up these brown pants after I say I really like Shawn Michaels. Like, give it a rest. I'm aware this well, was a choice. Shawn needs can't to tell give us answers. Yeah, we should have asked him or that titles. when we saw he him. Should give us, he should give us titles and answers. Yeah. But, oh yeah, we should have asked that one. At, at Shawn even... Michaels, we'd like an interview with you. Yeah. I Just one question, sir. Maybe two. <laughs> I personally have another question that I've always wanted to ask him, so we'll we'll have two questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get there because these pants did not get there. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I will say in that in that in his book, he wrote about how Stephanie and Triple H were backstage and ribbing him the whole night because of those pants. You know, I don't deserves, blame them. Like, first of all, like the the. The, what does the design on the crotch mean? And two, so actually we have three questions. What is the design on the crotch supposed to be? No, I guess four. Why brown? <laughs> and what was the original design of uh-huh. your original pants? And then I had another question, but that's unrelated. So, like, sir, maybe we maybe we give us five questions with you, Shawn Michaels, and we're good. Yeah, and three of them are about like- this gear. This is also a very in-between time because he cut his hair. He did. He has like a, a bo- he has a bob. I mean, it's kind of going with the theme that I was saying, Alex. <laughs> like, and it was around, it was around Thanksgiving. Pilgrim, yeah. Yeah, May- they just yeah. giving me that. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Maybe that was his goal with this gear, but the blue is the question that I don't know. You know um, what? Maybe maybe this was the goal for this gear, or maybe he was going to reuse <laughs> this gear for a Thanksgiving like <sighs> seminar that he was having for his church. Maybe. That I maybe. Have no idea. 
Well, for my eyes, we must move on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number seven, we have the Royal Rumble 1997. It is the Texas theme gear where all of the hearts are the Texas flag. Uh, this is one of my favorites. And when I think about like 90s Sean, this is one gear that definitely pops to mind. What do you think? He was a heel still during the, because this is before DX and all of that. He's still a yes. heel at this point, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I so for he me, was, I think he was. Yeah. Gives no, me more I was answers. Say, I'm pretty sure this Rumble is when Austin won the Rumble and went on to, because that was WrestleMania mm-hmm. 13 that year and it was him versus Brett. Yeah, and he was a. He- I think Sean was a heel at this point, but he okay. Was also so with for me, <laughs> for me, this gear is a shoot because especially for that point in time, like Sean's like you know all obnoxious and loud and you know the the cocky heel most likely. So for me, it feels like it's kind of a, a loud gear, you know, to put mm-hmm. Texas on your Texas on your ass you know it's it's a big statement to make so for me i feel like it would bode well well at least it would align with his heel characteristics so for me i think it's a shoot because of that element and i just man i mean you've got to be bold to put texas on your ass so for me it works (laughs) with his character element i believe they were in san antonio for this event too so yeah he came back home I th- I think this is a cute little shoot. Like this is cute. It's a shoot. He's representing his hometown. True. He is, you know, he's champion in his hometown. Um, at this point, I don't know what you know the time period was with him winning the belt in '96 at WrestleMania and him returning home. I'm not sure if this was the first time that he returned uh, to San Antonio since being becoming champion. But yeah, this is a shoot. It's really cute. However. I will give a shout out to Allie Catch because she has one of the best Texas gears that I've seen. I believe she wore it one year for the collective. I'm not Mm. sure which year. And I think she did wear it for WrestleMania Dallas. But her Texas gear is my favorite gear. But she is a close second when it comes to Shawn Michaels. One of the few times I will uh, shoot a a blue Shawn Michaels gear (laughs) (laughs) with blue inclusion. Noted. Okay, moving on to number eight. We have a random (laughs) Monday Night Raw. (laughs) What is this? Exactly. Exactly. So are you trying to have like a... Like... (laughs) Let me... I'm I'm gonna break it down, especially for our audio listeners. So this is a Monday Night Raw. This is after the Survivor Series Elimination Chamber match. This is November 25th, 2002. And he has. He so is this is the his... week after that Survivor Series that we were talking about. Yes, it is. And uh, he was defending his title against Rob Van Dam. This is the gear that he came out with. It is just HBK on his booty and down his legs. And it's white. It's like in a white brick with black it's a choice this was not a good week for Shawn michaels that's okay that's what i was thinking when i was (laughs) doing my research like sir did you have your raw gear get like you know dumped somewhere too like i i thought it was i thought like on first on the side on the side here it looked like a money like a, a dollar bill to be honest but which i think would have made more sense but it's literally just like 
like a, a a bar like not even like a sensor bar like if it was yeah. maybe the i think if it was reversed like white and then the bars are black i think it would have been funnier the pe- people could have said it was like a sensor bar or something yeah would have been funny but the placement is just so like i think if he just had it like on his on his butt it would have been okay but the things running down the sides i'm just like i don't know how to explain it like what is this it's a choice the things running down the sides sort of looks like it's trying to be a jordan like Mm. a nike jordan yes logo a little bit uh this was a horrific time that you know back to back appearances you think that survivor series is probably the day before this and then you Mm -hmm. go to raw and then you pull up in this see i wonder if the survivor series gear was not done in time but his gear maker was trying to make this gear in time for survivor series but he didn't want to wear the brown pants for this monday night raw since he already wore it in survivor series so maybe he decided to wear it during so this. i will say this one is still better than the brown gear but it's just like it's a little boring and more toned down for sean mm-hmm. but it's still also confusing but it's still not as bad as the brown gear in my yeah. eyes so this would have been the safer option for Survivor Series, not that it's a great option, but something was going on with this. We we have more questions for you, Mister Michaels. We need to know what what happened that weekend, and then going into Raw in two thousand and two. Please, I, w- I think maybe at this time he was just struggling to rebrand, maybe more so on gear because yeah. he came back summerslam and yeah. that was a street fight so he was just in a in a bible verse tank top and True. jeans and then that hell in a cell match was i believe his older gear than survivor series than this i'm not too sure what was in between it but that's just what stands out to me in that year of 2002 uh yeah this is a choice and for some reason this gear reminds me of johnny cage from mortal kombat i have no idea why maybe it's more so the boots but Maybe. it also looks like he's always worn those boots. Yeah, it's just like it's a safer option, but it's still the choice of like the sidebars is still throwing me off. It's not Shawn Michaels yeah. at all. No, this is probably this is definitely the gear that he should have worn at Survivor Series. I mean, it was better than the brown. I'll give it's, it that. It's ten times. It's better. still a at boot, least- but it's better than the brown. <laughs> at least we understand what the logo's trying to be it's hbk but that other logo yeah it was a choice yeah but yeah this is a boot this is a boot right yeah yeah this is a boot (laughs) okay let's move on it is just Um, the classic the Shawn michaels the white he had the vest on with the heart the arrow through the heart, the his quintessential zebra print, and of course he was with Sensational Sherry. This again, this is a shoot. You know, this is every action figure. This is every single uh, video game action. Uh, I just said action figure, but <laughs> I meant trading cards. All that X, Y, and Z. This is a mega shoot. Yeah, it's classic for a reason. I feel like this was. Maybe not the first time, but I feel like really the start of the obviously classic zebra print, you know, install integration that we've seen in his gear. It has hints of it. It's not full on, but honestly, like you can't go wrong. I feel like with red, white and black combo on Shawn Michaels 
and like it it just like i i'm in love with this gear you know it has the right amount of balance between the design with the zebra print but also the simplicity to where it's not over the design isn't overbearing on it you know it's not just all zebra prints there's not all these different colors and mashing up with each other it has the good balance in there so this is a definitely freaking shoot like i am in love with this gear yeah this is a mega shoot and he had that classic mullet like yeah. this is this is also during the era where he first went solo and turned on marty Janetti yeah and put his head through the barber shop so this was Definitely a moment for him to shine as a solo uh, wrestler. And I mean, he did a great job. And it definitely does help that he had Sherry by his side. Because I also think that adds to the element as well with what she was wearing when she was walking him out of the ring, uh, out to the ring. And she had the mirror with him. He would check himself out. She also had the heart drawn on her face. So, like, I feel... I think I don't think a lot of people really mention this, but like she played a really good element because she was much more established on TV and he's this is the first time that he's gone solo. So I think she helped him a lot with this uh image as well and this gear, but this is a like a knock. Chef's apart. kiss. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Chef's it's a kiss staple. mega shoot. We both agree on the shoots. I'm very happy. Now Except for, the, except for the blue one. Except that for one, the blue one, which is fine. That's the only one we haven't agreed on, I don't and think. so. And look, at, and look at that. <clears throat> we're still friends. I'm so happy we got through that I'm together. scared for this last one, though. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> this is 2018 Crown Jewel. This is his Nick Gage era. So, Ella J, what do you think? You know, I actually, if we're, we're simply just talking the gear, you know, I actually like the gear, you know, for him to come out, this was what, 2018. So this man would have been 53 years old, right? At this point, you know, if we're simply talking the gear, you know, he's kind of a dead man walking um, at this point. (laughs) it's just black. it is it's just it is you know it, like it, it has the black heart on there the silver you know the pants like the the little triangle is kind of westerny like the mm-hmm. i don't know how to explain it so it's simple you know it's you know he's not going balls to the wall i think he was more focused on just getting himself through the match more so than g- the gear choice which you know ironically he was the one to kind of go unscathed at that poor triple h didn't he blow both his quads or something or at least one uh, of them his peck i think his peck his peck yeah, yeah. yeah. so for me this is someone this is, suffered a concussion you know if, I think, if yeah. we're just talking like year wise this is a shoot you know this is simple especially you got to consider the era where way post retirement eight years after he had wrestled last in a ring wow. for me this is a shoot you know it's it's simple it ties in the classic elements it has the heart it has a little bit of a western leathery feel to it you know so for me this is a shoot i want to shoot this so bad <laughs> but this is such <clears throat> a bad match that he appeared in and like also it's not just the match and like the memory of him coming out of retirement because i yeah. felt like at this point you know like he was he never teetered the line of coming out of retirement yeah. i think wrestlemania 32 he came out and made an appearance with mick foley and stone yeah Austin and yeah um i think the this gear might be the same gear that he came that he wore for wrestlemania 32 because if i'm not mistaken he wore like black pants mm. similar to this so i don't know if this is the same one 
I wish that there was a little hint of red. Maybe like the dots inside okay. of the triangle would be red. Um, however, whatever underwear he was wearing, boxers, <laughs> like Under Armour, was showing the entire time. Oh. And that is my biggest pet peeve when it comes to gear. What like if you can see like a bra strap or if you can see like a little bit of like your underwear, whatever, under armor. Heinz, whatever you're wearing, like that is a huge pet peeve of mine. You know who's also very guilty of that, who's often compared to Shawn Michaels, is Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, he's very guilty of that too. Yeah, well, there, there's a reason why he's not in the first <laughs> shooter boot. But <laughs> that's a huge pet peeve of mine, and that was happening to him during this, uh, during this match. I'm so. trying so hard just to look at the bottom half because I love this man. I cannot look at the top half of him right now. I just cannot. Like I. <laughs> Listen, I have I have major beef with Mattel because how dare they make an action figure? <laughs> oh, of this did moment? they? They did. Yes, Bruh. they made an action figure of this moment, and that action figure and the photo that they used straight up looks like Nick Gage. Like oh, it looks God. like someone should take that action figure and customize it to look like Nick Gage, and it would be exactly like Nick Gage. This is another look that people, whenever you're like, hey, I'm a Shawn Michaels fan, they send you a picture of him from this match as a trolley, haha, gotcha. But, you know, I like the gear, the the match, the memory, you know, not so much, but I mean, he made that money, right? Sure. Sure, he made the money. He looked decent. So the gear It's I it's bet listen, shoes. it's 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 better than the brown gear. It's better than I don't know what the heck was going on with that Monday night raw. For me, it's <laughs> better than the blue gear even. For me personally, I know you're not gonna agree with that, but you know, it no, it's I... safe. It has the little elements of his former uh character. It's, I mean, simple, especially when you're probably, like I said, more focused on just, he hadn't wrestled in eight years. You know, he'd been training and stuff, but he hadn't actually wrestled in a, in a sanctioned match in like eight and a half years at this point. So he was probably more focused on his health, which, you know, which makes sense, especially. So I feel like a safe gear choice was kind of the right route to go. This era, this like year was a rough time to be a Shawn Michaels fan. Yeah. Because of this one moment. This one moment. It also didn't help that, you know, I mean, the match just overall and poor Triple H. Yeah. And then he had like a bloody nose after. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah. I try not to forget it. Like, what do you mean? He retired in 2010. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No. This doesn't, this doesn't count. Like, what is it? Ric Flair retired at WrestleMania whatever it was no but sean actually retired in 2010 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) just like how i consider rick flair retired at that wrestlemania sean michaels retired at wrestlemania see the thing is sean actually kept up he actually held himself back for eight years which is rick is lucky never mind i don't want to go down that route (laughs) (laughs) i will stay it's still it's still it's still a shoot in my opinion though but you know I just, I don't want to look at this image anymore, especially the yeah, right okay. one. Please, I don't want to look at it anymore. I'll switch it back. <laughs> We're done with the shooting boot. That is the shooting boot. Let me switch back. You know, we spent the same amount of time on that as we did the other stuff. I know we did. As we should have. Yeah. That other stuff, it's whatever. 
Exactly. Everything everything that's happening with sales and Stephanie McMahon leaving, it's whatever compared to the shoot and boot segment with Shawn Michaels. But honestly, I couldn't have done this with anyone else. Like that moment when we just sobbed into each other's arms after meeting him, who is, you know, our hero. You're the one that I thought of to shoot yeah. in Shawn Michaels gear. Yeah, so. I'm sorry for my voice too, guys. <laughs> I'm still sick, but I wasn't going to miss this and shooter booting Shawn Michaels gear. That was a lot of fun, Alex. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that you had fun. And once again, thank you so much for being my first guest. I had a lot of fun with you and you have officially christened this podcast. So thank you for your presence. Ella J, tell the people where they can follow you. Please and thank you. You can follow me. Obviously, if you're watching this on video, you can follow me down below. I'm most active on Twitter. Well, Twitter, you know, who knows where what Twitter could happen with Twitter with everything going on. But, you know, you can follow me at it's Ella J. If you go to the, bio, the link in my bio, all my links to all my projects and everything is in there in one convenient place for you. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm most active, to be honest. So the rest, I am not the best at the other social media platforms. But like I said, all the links to my work and everything else are all there. Yeah. And plus, if you want to keep up with wrestling, Ella is a great source. And you should keep up with all of the beautiful articles that she spends all night writing because... All day, girl. <laughs> girl, there's some there's some days where it's 13-hour work days just writing, so... That's the life we signed up for. We did. <laughs> well, Ella, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Cheers to you, too, for Queen of the Ring. I know you were taking a break for a bit, but we, the wrestling community, is grateful to have you back. And, of course, we look forward to everything that you are bringing with this new series. Uh, give Obviously, if you're actually watching this, you're probably watching because Alex is here. Um, so if you're not following her, though, follow her, too, though. Yeah, you know, you should, I guess. <laughs> All right, we're closing out. Bye, guys. Thank you.